Hi, hello, welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is July 30th, 2023. Hopefully this episode finds you well in good spirits and high hopes. As for me, I'm doing pretty good, feeling good. Uh, let's see here, it's already warm, you know, on this uh, early Sunday morning. But that being said, you know, I feel, you know, feel solid. I got my little workout done. I got my groceries done. So we're just chilling. I got the uh, Magic Pro Tour in the background. So I I feel nice. I feel good. I figured, hey, you know, let's go ahead and talk about myself a little bit. Let's riff about some food I ate. And let's talk about some news. So yesterday, I was feeling really frisky. And I decided to go to CeCe's. And uh, that was a good and bad decision. Overall, it was, you know, fine experience. Uh, I got to eat a bunch of pizza for like, you know, 12 bucks or so. And um, let's see. I don't really want to go over all of it. I would say here's my method. I usually like to start with a salad or at least get a salad and then a plate of pizza. So I did that. I noticed they didn't have a macaroni pizza out. And I was like, damn, kind of salty. So I went ahead and asked for it, and they put it out. So I was like, yeah, nice. Got it on my second pass. Uh, They had a deep dish stuffed crust pizza kind of thing they were going for. It was just more or less stuffed crust, I feel like. But that was fine. It was good. It was yummy. And yeah, I want to say with the salad, I tapped out maybe about two or three plates. And then I was like, oh, gosh. And then I still wanted to get like the little cinnamon roll thing. So I got that and like another plate of pizza nibbled on like one pizza pizza and there was only like two of the little cinnamon rolls left and that was like a fresh batch I was like damn but I was like you know what I'm fine like it's not like I could handle any more so I I had that feeling of like man I should have ate more but then I'm also like Isaiah like you're a blimp right now (laughs) you're you're primed to explode so overall it was a good CC's experience I didn't quite eat myself under the table and that's the way I like it uh, let's see. And then today I was at the grocery store and I remember, and I, I was just like looking at these things. They had Oreo brownies. Essentially they were like the cosmic brownies, but they were just covered in like Oreo on top. I was like, oh, and I was like, don't do this. Isaiah, you've already had a bad food decision under your jacket this weekend with CC's. Don't do this. But then I also remembered, I'm like, you know what I've been wanting to try? Biscoff cookies. I've been wanting to try them. I've seen them, and I, you know, they just look—they look tasty. They look like little tasty little treats. So I, I went over and I saw they had a sleeve of Biscoff like vanilla cookies. So essentially, what they were were like two Biscoffs in between, like, or they had like um some vanilla icing in between them. So I was like, okay, this seems perfect. I get a little bit of like an almost like a you know, like a grandma cookie kind of thing, a little vanilla cookie action, get to see these Biscoffs, and, and overall they were good. They were a little bit more plain tasting than I expected. I kind of thought they'd be like sweeter, but that being said, that paired, you know, good with a little vanilla cream on the inside, so I'm a happy camper, you know, I'm gonna nibble on those hopefully throughout the week, and hopefully not in a day. <laughs> uh, all right, so that's the food corner. Um, enough about me. I didn't really do anything else yesterday besides lounge around and be a potato. Um, so yeah, let's get into some news. I'm doing my classic startup though. 
I'm in less of a hurry today. <laughs> I'm ready to stop and melt with you guys, okay? Colombian president's son arrested in money laundering probe. I got this from Al Jazeera. Uh, let's see here. Colombian police arrested the president's son on charges of money laundering and illicit enrichment as part of a high profile probe into funds he allegedly collected during last year's election campaign. Uh, the chief prosecutor's office said in a statement that Nicholas Petro and his wife, Desirius Vasquez, were taken into custody on orders of a court in Bogota about uh, 6 a.m. local time on Saturday. The office said that once brought before a judge, prosecutors would seek their provisional detention as it investigates the two over allegations of money laundering. Now, Gustav Petro, which I believe he is um, liberal. I don't know if he's socialist. I really haven't dug too uh, much into, you know, the politics of Colombia for real, for real. But um, essentially, he says, hey, I'm not going to interfere with this, uh, which is, you know, kind of cute because in some ways, I believe Vasquez has implicated not just Nicholas, but also him. And he's just simply denied the allegations and then further said, hey, you guys can like actually go through with a probe against, you know, both of them. Like you can start an investigation. So that's more or less where we are now. I guess we're going to read what he said here. Uh, As an individual and father, it pains me to see so much self-destruction and one of my own sons going to jail. Uh, He wrote this on social media. As president of the republic i've assured the chief prosecutor's office that it will have all the guarantees so it can pursue so that it can proceed according to the law uh he wishes his son luck and strength and may these occurrences forge his character and may he reflect about his own errors like okay i don't know that that's that sounds really nice and regal but very stuffy for the situation especially because like you know what they're you know accused of doing is essentially you guys got money uh, for essentially from drug traffickers and you used it for your own selves, you know, on luxury things and things of that nature. You didn't even use it for your campaign. Not that that would make it better, but essentially for these drug traffickers, what they were getting out of it were there's essentially like peace uh, talks or whatever. Or there was a total peace proposal and essentially um, they were it was a focus on trying to get criminal groups to lay down their arms and Petro has pledged to make peace or surrender deals with rebels and crime gangs to end Colombia's 60-year internal conflict, which has killed 450,000 people. But, I mean, these are kind of bum deals. You know, this is kind of a bum situation if you're taking these shitty deals from, you know, these drug traffickers and then just saying, okay, now we're better off for it. But, like, what about the country? So what about Colombia? Uh, now, you know, I think there's some, you know, talk of like, well, this isn't, you know, this is like kind of a smoke screen from conservatives. 
I don't know. Like when it came to De Silva, you know, we've talked about that when it, you know with um, was it Brazil? Um, that made sense to me when when it was explained further. And maybe this might do it too, but this feels this feels suspect. This feels sussy. Um, you know, if you're on the take, then you're you're no good to the people. You know what I mean? Corruption is really fucking bad, and I think it's the the biggest deterrent to any kind of liberal socialist change. But I mean, in general, it's bad. I mean, even if you're on a conservative, you know, bent, it's not good for you to say like, hey, you know, we're trying to get laws enacted, and I, and I, I support what these guys, you know, are telling me. But if they aren't practicing it, if they're just gonna wilt to the, you know, the biggest dollar, then they're no good to you either, right? So. You know, uh, this was something that was, you know, brewing throughout this week. I wanted to talk about it a little bit. Uh, let's see here. Let's go ahead and move along. This one uh, kind of blindsided me here. But then again, I mean, it's just, just a fucking other shitty fucking cop. Let's just be fucking real. It's not that fucking surprising. Uh, from News 5 Cleveland, which is weird because this is a Boston story. Uh, I'm not going to ask questions on that or whatever. Boston Heights police chief arrested in Key West for beating homeless man for no apparent reason, police say. Uh, let's see here. The Boston Heights police chief was arrested in Key West, Florida, early Friday morning for allegedly attacking a homeless man for no apparent reason, according to Key West police and jail records. Okay, so reading this out loud, yeah, that's like it's, it's Cleveland news, I guess, but then a Boston police chief and and a Florida you know, situation that what what a clue story we're really unraveling here. But um, this is really fucked up. I'm trying just to kind of slather some levity in where I fucking can. Uh, officers responded to South Hard and Duval Streets, where the chief of police of Boston Heights, 40 year old Chad McArdle, stated to officers that he was pushed and dragged into a vehicle outside a bar on Duval Street by two unknown men, according to the police report. So that's according to him. And he's, you know, he goes on to say, he said when, he said that when he was inside the vehicle, one of the men stabbed him in the face and chest with a stick. He said he grabbed the stick from his attacker and stabbed him in the throat with it and that the man was probably dead now. Oh, okay. Just just critical hit with the stick. All right, awesome. Uh, He said the men then dragged him from the vehicle into the alley and kept fighting the men in the alley. And he kept fighting the men in the alley. Uh, McArdle was not able to describe what happened next, according to the police report. Now, I do have to say this is all alleged, but I, I feel like even the police are like, just no, dude, we don't believe you. Like, this is, you're, this is weird. Like, um, but here, there's more, there's more. Uh, McArdle was, McArdle was unable to give officers an accurate description of the location of the attack, and he changed his story multiple times. He also gave conflicting descriptions of the, of the alleged attackers and did not have any injuries consistent with being stabbed, even with a stick. Um, also, looking at the footage, they couldn't, they, they just didn't correspond with his statements. Uh... But during the investigation, Key West police officers located a local homeless man lying on the ground in the alleyway nearby. He told officers he was standing in the alley when he was kicked in the back by an unknown man. The homeless man fell to the ground 
and the unknown man then kicked him in the back several times. Uh, police walked the homeless man over to McArdle, and he positively identified McArdle as the person who the subject attacked and battered in an alleyway for no apparent reason. The homeless man told police he wanted to press charges. Paramedics provided medical assistance to him. Uh, and yet again, the police are like, we cannot prove anything that McArdle said. We can only <laughs> say that, like, the homeless guy makes more sense here. So, um, McArdle was arrested at 3 a.m., booked into the Monroe County Jail, and charged with one misdemeanor count of battery. Um, he's scheduled to be arraigned on August 17th at 9 a.m. Uh, who knows if this guy's even going to lose his fucking job back in Boston, back in Beantown. Uh, for being wicked weird, dude. Uh, the, I, I don't know. I have no fucking words here. Um, yet again, like I said, just another fucked up story by a motherfucker behind the badge. <clears throat> I guess you can give one up to the, you know, Key West police for being like, look, dude, we did our due diligence here and, uh, that we just cannot confirm with this guy saying, we're not going to call him a liar, but we can't confirm it. So... Oh, no, I, I guess I did have something to, to add here because there are other stories that I've heard but I haven't covered on this podcast of, like, these, like, weird vigilante cops or they're, like, retired cops, chiefs, whatever, and they, like, go around and, like, they what they literally will do is harass, beat up, accost homeless people. And it's, like, what is the goal? And I, I guess for them, sometimes I can't speak for, you know, this motherfucking guy, McArdle, this Chad motherfucker, but, like, I, I guess the idea of, like, they just have this aversion, this, like, hate, this loathing for people who are vagrants, who, you know, who don't have, you know, current means. I, I don't know. Sorry for my terminology. If that's bad. Whatever. But it, it, it doesn't make whatever the fuck you come up with right. Like, this just is terrible. It's fucking horrible shit to do to another human being who's just trying to exist in this world, you know? Like, I just don't know how these people come up with the the justification in their minds that this is okay. This shit is all right. I'm going to fucking just attack someone, a fellow human being. Uh, because what? They don't have a home? Like, what? what? Like, that's crazy. Um, anyway, let's go ahead and move along. Um, from trash to trash. Uh, CBS News. A family member's charged in California $7.6 million recycling scheme. Uh, okay. Alright, this was a little bit of a interesting story. I live a little bit of a, a fraud, but then when I got into the story, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll get into my summations about how I feel about it. Eight family members have been accused of smuggling 178 tons of aluminum cans and plastic bottles from Arizona to California so they could take advantage of the Golden State's recycling programs. They... Oh, they fucked up here on this. It should be the eight relatives are accused of defrauding California's beverage container recycling program of $7.6 million over an eight-month period. Uh, California, Alter California Attorney General Rob Bonta um, said on Tuesday... The family members are facing charges of recycling fraud, grand theft, and conspiracy. So apparently they would bundle up this trash and then they would ship it to California 
and then, you know, made their profit in California. Uh, not only, you know, is this recycling program something that you can make into something lucrative, they do, what is it? Uh, you can redeem empty cans and bottles for five to five or ten cents uh, return on on eligible beverage beverage containers, but only material from California is eligible. So you know that's obviously a stipulation. Um, but for these individuals in Arizona, there isn't a program available for this. Like you don't have this kind of means. You just be recycling for you know free or whatever. Um. Let's see. The defendants were identified in charging documents as Maria Ermelinda Sanez Gonzalez, Francisco Balmore, Amaya Sanez, Jose Raul Chica, Jose Antonio Tariano Martinez, Jose Alfredo Yaron Hernandez, Victor Manuel Hernandez, Manuela Rodriguez Rizzo, and Gennaro Soles Fuentes. Uh, prosecutors are requesting $30,000 bail for most of the defendants, but have asked for $50,000 bail for from Balmar Amaya Sanez uh, and $10,000 bail for Soles Fuentes. Okay, so how I feel about it for real, I think this is kind of overblown. Like, at the end of the day, Recycling is kind of a bum gig anyway, from what I've learned over the past year or so. Essentially, for most of our efforts, most of the things that we recycle wound up wind up in a landfill not getting recycled anyway, like a very small fucking percentage. And that's a really big bummer to me. Now, they do say that they're trying to make better efforts to make more use of the recycling that we're giving to them. Um, and that's good. But um, I don't know. To me, I, I see this as like people getting their bag and making a little bit of money where they can here. And essentially California or, or, you know, you know, the country's parties or states, I'm sorry, states and, you know, parties involved being like, we got to put the kibosh on this. We got to make an example of these people. And it's like, why? For recycling? Like that, that's at the end of the day, all they're doing is recycling and making their money about it. I don't know. Maybe I'm being too pro-crime here, but I, I do think this is a little bit outrageous. Um, but, hey, I mean, it is what it is. You know, garbage is a dirty game. What can you say? But, um, yeah, <laughs> if there's any updates, I'll definitely keep you guys covered. We have one more thing to talk about before I let you go. Excuse me. It means I got a little last break to take. From the Insider. Also, I don't know if I said the last one from CBS News. I feel like I did, but worst case, there you go. It's cited. But this one, this one is from the Insider. A 46,000-year-old worm found in Siberian permafrost was brought back to life and started having babies. Um, so this is a pretty little bit of a kooky science story that came up I wanted to talk about. Um, but scientists discovered a female microscopic roundworm that has been stuck deep in Siberian permafrost 
for 46,000 years. When they revived it, the worm started having babies via a process called parthenogenesis, which doesn't require a mate. Um, according to the press release, the worm spent thousands of years in a type of dormancy called cryptobiosis. In that state, which can last almost indefinitely, all metabolic processes pause, including reproduction, development, and repair. Um, so yeah, I mean, this worm was just chilling, and I, I guess apparently how they they tilled it, like, gently out of the earth, and then th that's, I think, more or less all it took, just that gentle tilling, and then, like, being exposed, just, like, activated the worm, and it was back to life, even though it was never dead. I, I think a scientist described it as, like, more or less suspended animation, you know? It wasn't dead. It wasn't alive, really. I mean, it was not dead, so I guess you could say it's alive, but all its functions were just more or less just paused. And uh, this tilling, you know, woke it up, and then, like, you know, it had babies. Now, apparently, this is... It's not, like, a new thing. This is, like, a known thing to scientists. They believe there's, like, a ton of um, kind of worms or, I think, nematodes. they say a lot in this article... Um, you know, that are found all throughout the world, especially like underwater. So there's tons that we don't know about, but this is also one that we don't know about. We don't have like, I guess, a name for it yet. So I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Um, so yeah, I figured I'd talk about it, you know, a little worm news for you. Um, but yeah, that's more or less all I have for today. So, um, you know, that's it. That's the episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for being a friend. And hopefully I see you soon for some more good news. I love ya. Bye-bye. Mwah.